I think just the second year of um, the uh, flag tag sanction flag tag football in the state of yeah, Alabama. And I, and I guess it was Smith Station last year. So yes, it was. Stayed, so it stayed in the, stayed in the county. Yeah, stayed in the county. To stayed in the region. So um, yeah, and uh, a name that Auburn people will be familiar with. And uh, Sierra Daniels is oh yes, uh, a seventy yard touchdown early. I didn't see what else happened, but um, yeah, congrats and get started to. I know what Auburn hopes is a big day. Um, you know, with with you know, seven o'clock kickoff tonight, Auburn Thompson. Um, it's going to be a really, really interesting football game and a old school defensive slugfest. To me, the strength of both of these teams is on defense. Yeah, I think you're right, Jason. I mean, and uh, for Auburn's first opportunity, Auburn High's first opportunity to play uh, at Jordan Hare. They played up in Tuscaloosa uh, and and had a. I mean, just. Sadly, one of the most memorable finishes in history two years ago yeah, against Thompson. Still unbelievable what happened as Thompson was able to uh, to get that unbelievable come from behind win. There will never be never be anybody that witnessed that game live or on TV that forgets it ever. No, um, I didn't witness I was, it live yeah, we were, or on TV, and I'll never forget yeah, it. I think we were listen, we were <laughs> listening live, right, Bill? I mean, yes, yeah. I, I was. You know, we had kind of COVID rules in, so I yep. was I was. On in in Tuscaloosa now, they moved the press box across the field. Mm-hmm. So the press box is across from where it used to be. So the Auburn sideline was on the other sideline. There's a walkway, a path underneath the press box. So there's a there's a a top area concourse, but it's inside the stadium. So it's up against the suites. So there's you can walk with nobody behind you. You're not blocking mm-hmm. anybody's vision. It's really well designed. So I was on that with my camera, shooting photos, and I'm like. I'm going to get some celebration photos. And I walk out there, and things start changing. And I'm like, holy cow, and holy cow, a little bit more. It's like, and then the celebration, call, call time out. Then the celebration photos turned into celebration photos on this near sideline. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, there, you know, and, and there's some, some of these seniors were guys that were playing, you know, some special teams and a little bit on right. that team. Uh, but it's an opportunity for them to play at home. Um, some of those coaches were there. So, so, Some of the, the, a lot of the assistant coaches were you correct. A lot of those guys are still there, and and uh, you know this is an opportunity for them. Uh, this is a Thompson team that has changed its fortunes in the last month or so um, with Trent Seaborn, um, you know, an eighth grade quarterback who's he can throw it. Not a, not a big guy, probably five nine five ten, um, but he is really accurate. Uh, not a great. Not, he's not a runner, but he can run. But he's he's he's. Maybe fourteen. Uh, yeah, he's eighth, eighth grade. Um, <laughs> but he is he's he's really good and has opened up kind of the offense for them. And uh, but if you're Auburn and and you're Scott Goolsby on defense, my guess is is that you know where you're what you have to do, which is get after him and pressure the quarterback. So uh, I think you're going to see two aggressive defenses on the other side. Thompson has you know five star Peter Woods up front, five star Tony, Tony Mitchell, Mitchell back there, five star twenty twenty five DB. Another twenty twenty four safety that Auburn has offered on the back end of the defense. Um, I think it's going to be two. T- Here's what I, I said: is it reminds me so much of last Saturday. I think if the Auburn team needs, is going to win, it's going to be seventeen thirteen. If it starts to get into the twenties and beyond, then it shifts to Alabama slash Thompson. So mm-hmm. I think that, I think Auburn needs to play that game they played against Central Phoenix City, that slugfest seventeen thirteen fourteen thirteen. That's how, in my mind, Auburn needs to win the game if they're going to have a chance. When talking about this game, I've been sort of uh, blown away by the notion that there's a, an eighth grader 
starting at quarterback for, in, for Thompson in a seven A game in, in a in a seven A state championship game. What what can you tell us about? Yeah. The, the passing offense led by yeah he uh, that, he's that, he's really accurate. Man. I talked to to Mark Freeman the other night. And said look, when, and they knew they were going to play some man man coverage teams. Huntsville was the first one, but they knew when they got back to Hoover, that's what they were going to see. And he's Trent Seaborn. Trent Seaborn. That's the it. Yep. And so you look at him, and they thought he was the best man quarterback they had against man, teams that played man defense um, because of his accuracy and throwing the football. And he's it's worked for him. I mean, they went from losing nine nothing at Hoover to right, beating forty to ten. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, I think Auburn's defense is one that can do some different things um, with pressure. Or the Auburn speed at linebacker, I think, could be a big benefit. How do you handle the pressure of being in this situation? Should be a huge crowd. Thompson's been there a bunch and been successful. Auburn's been there a few times. Um, that's the intriguing thing about even even all the way through the, the seven, the, the Super Seven. When I think about St. James versus Piedmont, Piedmont's been there a ton. Guy going for his third championship in four years. St. James, kind of new to the block. B.B. Comer and Fife. Obviously, Fife has been there every year just about. B.B. Comer hadn't been since Telly Emery was a quarterback. There's some of those matchups where you go, newcomer, uh, you know, old old guy on the block. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, it makes for some, some pretty fun matchups. Jason Caldwell from uh, AUTigers.com. Uh, joining us here in the studio, Bill, Dan. We got Carter handling things until Drew makes it in. Drew had to take care of something else for a little bit. Let's go ahead and take care of some business, though. Hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They're also the sponsor of our hotline, and you can join us with your calls, questions, comments by calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. You can also, uh, uh, they also sponsor the podcast, which you can find however you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform or go to ESPNAU.com and use the podcast center. Bill, do you want to, uh, do you want to take a break and come back and talk about everything that's going on no. with, with, with Jason or do you want to stick around? So. We, we okay. got, I mean, yeah, we, we got, we got plenty of okay, time. I wasn't sure if we, if we wanted to. No, no, we, we can go right. ahead and okay. do that. I mean, we, we just jump right into the Super 7 week which is getting underway gotten underway as we mentioned with the auburn uh girls flag tag team winning uh 26 to 6 and talking about auburn and thompson this evening obviously it's, it's odd that we we would go this long before talking about the well, coaching I mean, change but but, but it other, is there's other stuff going on it is it is what's happening right now i mean as far as competition you've got you know the, the team that we carry on our sister station wings 943 playing for the 7A state title. And, yes, Scott Bagwell and crew will have that. Um, news today on uh, following yesterday's official introduction of Hugh Freeze, and we'll get Jason's thoughts on that. But news today about um, some some retainees from the former staff. Yeah, um, you know, people had asked me kind of what I thought the possibilities would be. And, and you know, with Hugh Freeze, I, I, here's not – Hugh Freeze or whoever, I thought that that obviously Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge would be the two most likely guys mm-hmm. that would have a chance to be retained. Christian Robinson is a guy that has worked with Hugh Freeze before back at Ole Miss in 2015-16. He was a GA that ended up moving on the field and coaching linebacker some at times there, too. thought those were the three most likely guys right now. That looks like, yeah, that looks uh, like it. yeah Cadillac yeah. Williams has already been offered a, a contract. I don't believe there's been contracts yet, but I think they both said, hey, we – 
you know, we want to keep you on the staff. We'll Cadillac, see what that means. Cadillac and Zach both got different contracts <clears throat> after last season. Oh, Cadillac's if getting a completely new contract now. It'll be, it would, yeah, it would be, it'll be new because of a new, the new associate yeah, head coach. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Zach's would be a new contract because of a new staff. Now, you know, it depends on there may be some tweaks to it, kind of right. depending, on, especially if there's you know whatever title is involved, position, all those things will have to come into play, but. Um, yeah, so it looks like those three guys will be the guys that will have a chance. I think there will be some off-field guys, a guy like Kendall Simmons. I think he'll have every opportunity mm-hmm. to stay as well, and there will be some others. But, you know, you look and there's so many off-field people that are involved in, in football staff now. When you think about the numbers of, you know, people in the recruiting departments, um, people in development, all those things, guys like Trevon Reed and um, Jarrell Bostrom, some of those guys, I would expect those guys to have an opportunity to stay. But, again, that's up to uh, – he freeze and um, you know seeing how it works with a new staff for him, which I, I don't I, I don't think it's going to take us a long time to start hearing some names that that and and well and I, think, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna need to hear some names yeah, because I, Friday I, correct people I, need to be I, hitting the road. I think I think there could be a couple of 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 staff hires made in the next twenty four to forty eight hours, mm-hmm. and so I think we'll start to hear some some names involved that will be coming on board to hit the ground and be ready to go. Um, you know this weekend. Uh, didn't get a chance to talk to you before we came on the air. Who who are some names that uh, you think are possibilities as far as coordinators are concerned? Yeah, that it's it's really interesting. There's, there's just um, so many. There, there, there's lots of possibilities, and I know this from talking to obviously Hugh Freeze mentioned it from talking to some other people. He is a guy that that coaches like and want to work for. Auburn is a place that coaches like to come work because I mean everybody that comes work here all all they want to do is stay. They don't want to go anywhere else, and people know that. They know what what kind of place this is. So it's it, I think it's 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 a very um, enticing position to come work for Hugh Freeze at a place like Auburn. So I think there'll be lots of possibilities. Uh, I, I, a name that that keeps getting thrown around would be incredible to me would be a guy like Barry Odom. That's a guy that that kind of you keep hearing a little mm-hmm. bit. Former Missouri head coach is Arkansas's defensive coordinator right now. He's done a really good job wherever he's been. Um, and, was a high, was a highly successful defensive coordinator uh, at Missouri before, before getting before being the head coach. Right. Yes, yeah, before Gary Pinkle and, and in those years, and so that's a name that kind of you keep hearing. Um, you know, as far as you know, you know, there'll be some other names. Obviously, I think Travis Williams is a guy that could be involved. I think Travis Robinson is a guy that could be involved. There's there's three former Auburn players. Charles Kelly is a guy that I think could be involved. I think there's some of those names. There'll be others because. Um, here's what we know, and, and, and Hugh Freeze mentioned it yesterday, that Jimmy Sexton, he said, hey, you handed me a list of names. Uh, and <laughs> right. people thought that was that was meaning he w- he was telling Hugh Freeze to hire. No, no he's people- just saying, here's some guys that he knows are interested. Uh, yes, correct. That's what it is. And and, and as we, we learned through coaching searches, that n- the person who knows it first is that guy. Yeah, the agent. The agent. Absolutely. And so somebody asked in, in the thread today about – you know, you know how would it, how did it work? Would would Hugh Freeze have talked to? to so I said, now maybe he had not. Not He might not have necessarily talked to him, but agent might have talked to other agent, mm-hmm. knowing okay, be prepared for if we make this move, then he's one of the guy. You're one of the guys that he would like to talk to. Or hey, would you be interested if I made if I got this job? Those things have to be done. Not you're like. Oh, would, would that is a one hundred percent thing because, as part of a coaching search, as part of the process, when you walk in that door, you better have ideas of who my defensive coordinator, 
offensive coordinator, position coach. That's all part those, of your plan. That, that better part, be part of the plan that you is, present that's, to, that's, to your that is future part of, boss. Yeah, that is part of how you sell yourself. Right. Is having, okay, here's my list of guys that I think I'll have a great chance to get on. A, here's my list of guys on defense. And that's what that's my pool, and so that's a big part of the coaching search process. And it's funny people sort of roll their eyes and go, "Well, well, you know, there's another another one with Jimmy Sexton." That's an advantage, though, uh, when when you when you have an agent that has so many clients, is that that he can reach out and 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 make those you know get get the uh, initial uh, reactions. From so many different potential candidates. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's you know when when people talk about agent, they talk about the name Jimmy Sex, and here's the one huge positive when this happens. Yes, is because his branches extend further than anybody in this country, uh, especially in this profession, and because of that, when when there's somebody interested and say or somebody says, "Hey, are you free? He's got the job. He's looking for coordinators." Boom, pick up the phone, speed dial. Hey, I'm interested. Let's go. And and that is where, at times, uh, folks, you know, we may not see any connection between a couple of coaches, but they've got they've got that agency in common, and they they very well uh, through coaching clinics and other things could have gotten to know each other. So sometimes that, it, yeah, it's not necessarily coaching someone together. that you have worked with. Correct. Not necessarily coaching together. Um, sometimes it's. You coached for somebody that, hey, because we know that Gus Malzahn and Hugh Freeze have been friends for a long time. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a connection through a connection. All those things matter because that's part of it. Part of the hiring process for a head coach would be going to talk to former assistants that work for them and going, what do you think of him? How did he handle things? It works the same way when you're hiring assistant coaches. You go back to that head coach and go, hey, what do you think about that guy? Brian Harson hired a former conference rival as his offensive coordinator in, in Mike Bobo. And if and if Barry Odom uh, were to be Hugh Freeze's defensive coordinator, I don't know if they've ever worked together, but I believe they faced each other at least once when uh, Hugh Freeze was an old Miss and Odom was the defensive coordinator at, at Missouri. Respect. And seeing what the guy does on the other right. side of the ball, hey, is coaches a, that give you a lot of trouble, is a big deal. Are you more intrigued by the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator position? Because the offensive coordinator situation, I wonder if there's going to be some mystery as to how much of it's Hugh Freeze and yeah. how much of it's the offensive coordinator. You know, moving forward, I, I think we realized looking at social media on Monday uh, that it wasn't really clear about the play calling situation at Liberty until Malik Willis spilled the beans during an NFL Network interview about Hugh Freeze calling the plays on first and second down and uh, who is the the quarterback, Kent, Kent Austin. Kent, Kent Austin, Kent Austin yeah. uh, calling the plays on third down in the red zone. That might be backwards, by the way. Maybe yeah, I, think, I think it's think right. I think because Hugh Freeze said yesterday, my red zone stuff yeah, compared somebody with his. Right. And so I, I could help them in the red yeah, zone. They, they can, can help, help me with me. everything right. else. That's what he said. So, so there, you know, I, I wonder if that opens the door for a passing game coordinator and a running game coordinator situation. I, I, I think those are very real possibilities because I think you could pair that with an offensive line coach mm-hmm. to go O-line coach, run game coordinator, bring in a QB coach as a passing game coordinator. There's nothing better for a, for a coach's future than to have a title thrown next to it. To have a court, yeah, coordinator Absolutely. really, really helps. Yeah, and you've still got a special teams coordinator and a recruiting coordinator if you want yes. those positions offered as well. Yeah. And, and Auburn should have plenty uh, left in the kitty. Yeah, they, uh, and that's the thing. You, you've got some, you've got some, some move, movement in terms of money moving forward. And, and to go back to the original question, I think because he's an offensive guy, I think it's defense because he's a guy that has 
And here's the thing. It's kind of the misnomer thing. Historically, his defense has been they've been pretty good. They, they have, um, and and it and they've got this had the best defense in the nation. They, they had twenty fourteen. They led the nation in scoring defense, um, and they were in the top twenty five a couple of other times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, for the most part, they've been pretty solid. Even at Liberty, they were twenty four and like twenty six a couple of years. Went down a little bit this year. Some of those things can come back. We've seen it at Auburn. Some of those things can come back to when your offense isn't as good as it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. You give the ball back more and by or turn it over more, and you give up a few more points than you had in, in previous years. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn Hotline. We got some breaking news real quick on the uh, on the coaching front. As uh, I think we're we're seeing Schmetting, Friend, Hilliard, and Brumbaugh can be added to the list of coaches that have been uh, let go, according to reports that we're getting. We'll talk a little bit more about that. When we come back from commercial. All right, uh, stick with us. We're just underway here on the Wednesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell, and we'd love for you to join in, 334-321-1390. While we sort of jump into um, the the staff, Jason, just uh, your thoughts on the hiring of Hugh Freeze and how he he handled his opening press conference. Yeah, I I thought yesterday it would have been hard to, to do much better than Hugh Freeze did when he's standing up there. I thought he showed humility. I thought he showed remorse. And for the things, and, and he's already done that. And that, that that was at Liberty. He had to do those things. I thought he dealt with everything um, pretty much on the up and up and said, look, I'm just, you know, trying to, and he didn't say earn earn it. He did say earn a little bit. He said, hey, I, you can't earn it back. You just have to keep going and try to build trust and say, look, just give me, give, give, just me, a give me a chance to, 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 to know who I am. And I thought he, he, handled, <clears throat> he handled it really well. And, and you know, I, I thought Auburn, you know, having – kind of gotten a little bit of an idea inside the process i said it sunday night we had a live chat and i said look i, I still think he's the favorite and people are like oh, how is that possible and i said look having gotten to know john cohen a little bit here in the last month and knowing rich glenn for rich mcglenn for the last you know 10 12 15 years the one thing i knew that nobody was going to have more information than those guys did so that was the first order of business nobody will have inf- more information to make this higher than they did the second of all is they they knew the consequences. Going look, hey, you got to be one hundred percent sure, and I think they are. I think they're sure of, of the guy they found. And this the background was, I'm talking about fine tooth comb doesn't even begin to describe it. I mean, and I'm just, we just talked about it, but when you're hiring, but I mean, talking to to players, players' parents, um, everybody involved, coaches' wives, everything that you can imagine um, on not just. Hugh Freeze, but everybody involved in this search, um, and there were multiple guys. I mean, more than more than ten that were involved. So if people think that there was this was just two. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was multiple people involved in this search. Um, in the end, they they felt felt good about everything they heard, saw, um, found, and then you had the football side of it too. And um, and and something somebody mentioned to me yesterday. It. That it's it's more than wins and losses, 
because you have to consider where you are, who you are, who you're playing, who you're playing with and against. All those things factor in. And I think you look at, at, at you know what he's done, and when he had some talented teams, they were pretty good. Now, it's still not as talented as now because people are like, well, they had this class and this class. Over the long haul, the possibilities at Auburn are, are still much higher than Ole Miss, and especially then. I mean, they recruited better then, but the, that, that Ole Miss now is a much better place than it was in 2015. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different place. So I think you look at all and those even things. Much of the recruiting of, of his history is skewed by one really, really strong class. Correct. Yes. I mean, it, it, there's one class that was a top ten class. I think if you take that one out and average the rest of the Ole Miss, he was a good recruiter. But you know, a lot. I think a lot of the memories of him as a as as a sensational lights out recruiter because he had that one that that one class. That yeah. was a, a rare top ten class. Correct. Ole Miss. And and what they did is they developed some guys and 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 got them to play him pretty good on the field. Um, it wasn't just quarterback. You look at wide receivers. You look at hey, look at the defense. They did some really good things on mm-hmm. defense. We talked about that. But offensive line. I mean, they it was across the board. They they produced and developed people. And so, I think that's what you're looking at. And but but as we know, it, it starts at quarterback. It's 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 the most important position you can have. And, you and he's have, he still he still feels pretty good about uh, his ability with you, work, you work don't with yeah. Quarterbacks. And you don't have to have an NFL guy to win. But you got to make that guy play like an NFL guy to win nowadays, especially. And, and, you know, nineteen ninety five. Okay, if you had that guy, it was dramatic. I mean, Danny Werfel in today's game. I mean, they were really good. But Danny Werfel wouldn't be a guy right now, in my opinion, that's going to go out and light up everybody. That was on the the cusp of everybody going. Oh, we got to figure out how to throw the ball again, and they did it w- way better than anybody. You look now, and you got to have a guy that can make plays in the passing game. If you don't, I went back and I wrote about it this week. The 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 only four Auburn passing teams in the last fifteen years, the only four passing teams for Auburn in the top fifty in passer rating. There's only been four of them: 2010, 13, 14, 17. Wow. That's it. That's uh, yeah. Those teams. That's that's probably not a coincidence. Correct. I want I want to make a correction there too. The the top uh, the twenty sixteen Ole Miss class, which was I believe he got to coach these guys. Hugh Freeze got to coach these guys as true freshmen, and then he he, he left uh, before the twenty seventeen season started. That one had Greg Little, the five star offensive lineman. Uh, that one had Shea Patterson, uh, the quarterback uh, who was a five star coming out of high school, and AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were both part of that class as receivers. Those were all guys that Hugh Freeze only coached for a year, uh, but he put together a top-five recruiting class in 2016 as well. So there were a couple of years where Hugh Freeze was a, a sensational recruiter, especially at the skilled positions. And I think the notion of Hugh Freeze signing a, uh, a five-star offensive lineman out of Texas probably perks up some, some, uh, some eyebrows, too, because Auburn hasn't done a ton of that uh, with, with high school yeah, offensive linemen. Right now, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I mean, if... if We'll see when it comes to the high school guys right now, and I think Hugh Freeze was was talking about that. I mean, the transfer portal is got to be the priority right now. It is, especially on the offensive line, because they they got to have a minimum of two, I think three offensive tackles alone, uh, because you don't have anybody that's ever taken a snap that's going to be on this team. You got to have two starters, in my opinion, mm-hmm. out of that group. Another guy that could be a starter. You got to have some competition. And maybe at least one interior guy, maybe two. So I think probably five offensive linemen alone out of the portal in this class for Auburn. Wow. Jason Caldwell with us for another uh, one more segment. So if you want to join in, give us a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390, as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive.
on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. All right. Welcome back into the drive. 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com with us here in the studio for a few more minutes. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Jay is up first. Hey, Jay. Hey, guys. Love the show. Just a quick thought. You know, if you bring back T. Will, is y'all giving any thought about Dale McGee from Georgia trying to make it an all-Auburn South? Yeah, I, I, I sort of, I highly doubt that. Um, first Cadillac, of all, I don't think, I don't think Dell's going to go anywhere unless he's going to get to be the coordinator. And I don't think that's the kind of guy. I think Hugh is is if he's going to bring in a coordinator, he's going to want somebody well, it, that can uh, well, have some input in play calling, which Dell hasn't done. Correct. He he talked about potentially even handing over play calling duties. That's right. going to be somebody that has play calling experience. And and, and yeah, Dell hasn't done that. Uh, he's been a running backs coach, much like Cadillac. So I think. That would be a be tough to imagine both those guys being on the staff and yeah, having two of those I spots thought. taken up. I would love some, uh, I w- you know, so, someone on the staff with a connection to the Columbus area or Central Phoenix City wouldn't be a terrible thing because and Del McGee was, of course, the former head coach at Carver in, yeah. in Columbus. Like having having some connection to that area wouldn't be a bad thing. But but I you know can also see that you know the there there are some obstacles to Del McGee joining the staff, especially with with Cadillac Williams being retired. Yeah, I'd say that's that's probably the biggest one right now. Yeah, the only, my only thought was, you know, when you talk about the offensive uh, coordinator as a running coach, yeah, that's what, what perked my ears. Well, yeah, I guess you could have a running, you could have somebody as a run game coordinator, but when you've already got a running backs coach, what, what's he going to coach? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. The, that's where the question comes. Yeah, you you could have a guy that maybe coaches tight ends or does some things. Um, you know, if that's some of the background. And you know, Dale Dale was a guy that he's coached running backs, but he played DB, DB. in mm-hmm. college. And so, um, so right. I mean, you know, the, but yeah, I would imagine I would lean more towards a quarterback coach, even though Hugh Freeze does a lot with the quarterbacks, or a wide receiver coach, coach being a passing game coordinator. Right. Oh yeah, thanks. Appreciate the call, Jay. 334-321-1390. Jason, we we had a a caller, um, I think it was yesterday, uh, just asking where would we rank Hugh Freeze just as a coach on a scale of 1 to 10 as far as coaching ability. I think he's pretty darn good. Um, I I don't know. Here's, Here's the question. What all factors into coaching? Is it sure. just? Is it just on? Are we talking about just on Saturday? Because just on Saturday, Nick Saban's not in my top five. Well, how do you separate what happens on Saturday from what you, happens the rest of the that, season? That's, that's in the, college, and football. that's the thing you can't. In the so, NFL, you kind of so can because that, coaches aren't assembling their correct. rosters. So that's but. the whole. That's the whole point. So when, if you're talking about the the entire thing, I think Hugh Freeze is really good because then you factor into where you've been. You haven't been at a place where at Alabama or Georgia where you can recruit. And and do those things that that you will be able to at Auburn, in my opinion, because um, you look at it, it all factors in. How do you factor into competing in this league, doing all that things? So yeah, every bit of it factors in. I think he's a seven eight 
probably something like that. That's uh, that, that's that's sort of what we were uh, at least a seven. And I think he has, I think there. he has the potential to be you know move up that now, list and do some of those things. Here 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 is a really I mean uh, th- this this is one that's almost impossible to answer. But I mean if anybody has a feel for it, you do. Um, the 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 big concern for everybody right now is talent acquisition recruiting. Um, what kind of of group do you think that Hugh Freeze and his staff could assemble? Do you think do you think they can bring in the kind of talent that can that can have Auburn feeling like they can be competitive? What kind of results? Soon? What kind of results are yeah, is Jason Cobble expecting in your between world? portal and recruiting? Uh huh. Between portal and recruiting, I feel like they have the potential to to go out there and. Build some things that can get you competitive in year one. I, I you know, look at the schedule and people going. I look at the schedule. I, I, there's going to be some issue. I mean, when you have as much turnover from, let's face it, your better players on the defensive front, um, your offensive line. When you have to rebuild those two things alone, there's going to be some transition. There's going to be some pain and and hurt involved in trying to do those things. Now you could do it a little quicker. Um, it's still hard to go. You're going to. Here's the thing. They're going to have to be almost perfect. They're going to be almost perfect to go, yeah, we're going to go challenge in year one. Do I think they can can make some inroads? And, and here's the reason why I think they can. Because I think at quarterback, I think Robbie Ashford with Hugh Freeze has the potential to change the game for Auburn in a pretty quick hurry, I believe. I was somewhat nervous about what results to and, – and I still you know, I, w- I want to see – you know the finished product, but I wasn't sure about what sort of results to expect or or, or how to how to really grade Hugh Freeze as a recruiter going into this because there are you know so many extenuating circumstances with the with the situation at Ole Miss. One thing I took away from yesterday, Jason, is that if I had to guess, I would say he does seem to have some of call it charisma, call it magic, call it the it factor, whatever it takes for a coach. You know the, the the charm a coach needs to showcase to be an effective recruiter. I would love to know your thoughts as someone who's seen coaches who have it and coaches who don't. Your your thoughts on Hugh Freeze? He, he grew up in the South. Yeah. He from down home hard work. Dad was a football coach. He's he's coached in this league. I, I think he's a guy that people can relate to. Now he's made mistakes. I think most people can go, hey, I, may, I didn't make that mistake, but I've made mistakes myself, and I know I would like somebody to give me a second chance. I would, I would think that's what most people or would they, say. Or anyway. they've seen it in their families. Correct. It's not themselves. Correct. And to go, so I think those things are relatable, but I think he said it. He, I think he's a guy that, and I've heard it from people who played for him and were recruited by him, uh, that said, look, when, when he comes in, in, in the living room, he's a guy that people can relate to, and uh, I think that's the biggest thing. And here's the other part. He works at it. If you work at it as a head coach and you've been successful and you can show people a track record, that's a pretty good start. He's got a reputation as a closer. And, I mean, that's and that's very, very important. Let's get to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. Shane is up next. Hey, Shane. Hi, guys. Hope you all are having a, a good day. Um, I, I had two questions. Um, one, um, you guys were mentioning the, uh, that, that there might be or, or an idea is to have uh, a running back coordinator and a, and a receivers coordinator. Is that in lieu of an offensive coordinator? Like these two guys, you know, tag team it, uh, 
you know, for game day or or is that like in addition to an uh, offensive coordinator? Yeah. And number two, two is um, how, what is a huge track record with the the basically the uh, offensive line for for one? Because we haven't had that in a decade. I'll hang up and listen, guys. Right, I appreciate it. Yeah. Shane. Second question. First, Dan mentioned <clears throat> earlier, he's probably recruited more highly highly rated offensive linemen than in just his short time at Ole Miss and Auburn has in the past five or six years or more. Yeah, you're right about that. He, he, he's, able, he's been able to get offensive linemen. That's, that's the start. The other side of that, normally if you have run game coordinator, passing game coordinator, it's more about preparing the game plan for Saturday. Those guys probably don't share play calling duties. Normally you're going to have a play caller. But say say your play caller might be your your quarterback coach. Your run game coordinator is a guy that's that's going. Hey, look, here's some things I would suggest on first and goal from the five. We're going to run the ball. Here's here's our top plays if we're in the red zone. For you know that that's where they would collaborate during the week and preparing a game plan. Normally, you wouldn't have those guys going back and forth on a Saturday. Kind well, of no, plays. no. One guy's going to be calling the plays. Right. They just uh, determine what they're going to do. It's not uncommon at all to have a run game coordinator, a passing game coordinator, and those are your co-offensive coordinators. It's also a way to be able to add that title and incentive to bring um, more proven coaches in. Correct. Yeah. So no, I think it's, it's, it's that combination of things, but yeah, they would, they would kind of collaborate during the week, preparing the game plan and then getting to Saturday. Tunsil and, and, uh, little are the five star yeah. oh, offensive yeah. linemen, but, but people might forget Hugh Freeze also signed a pretty good four star offensive lineman out of high school. Yep. Yep. Uh, from, uh, from Prattville who, who ended up at Auburn in, in Austin Golson. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely did. So yeah. So he, he signed some really quality offensive linemen and those guys produced and, and played really well. It'd be fun to talk to Austin Golson about this, right? Hugh Freeze, you know, for, former, yeah, he player. recruited Lee Zimba when yeah. Zimba was in high school. He recruited Zimba and out of Arkansas. So he got familiar with him too. So yeah. Uh, Jason, before you before you go, I mean it's it's not the uh, the only thing going on. I mean, obviously, uh, basketball still unbeaten as they get ready for Colgate tomorrow. The let's see, the women played uh, noon game today. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. Yeah, it, it is really busy at this time. Volleyball, I volleyball mean, heading to... for the NCAA tournament, which is incredible considering you know mm-hmm. where the program has been to to see what Minecraft has done. So look at that program, but yeah. Got all that going on, Super 7. I'm, I'm heading over there shortly. I'll have recaps, um, recruiting thoughts uh, from, from the next three days there. Um, and then, obviously, getting ready for a portal to really ramp up. We're already starting to see some players enter the portal, even though they can't technically do it till right. Monday. They're announcing they're going Correct. to. Correct. Uh, and so we'll have thoughts on that. And then, obviously, you know, I think we could, could see some staff hires made here fairly shortly as well. We have to ask you about Trent Dilfer. Hey, get, getting getting the UAB job, and I mean it's it's a I, I think a, a nearly fairly, nearly unprecedented, and, and and I've got I've got something else before he leaves. We, too, we so. were ex, we were explaining it to somebody at work who doesn't follow football that closely, and it seems like a pretty remarkable jumping of the line <laughs> yeah. based on his. Well, but, it's, it's not even Jerry Faust. Jerry Faust coached twenty years in or so in high school. Yeah, before and, he was as did coach. Gus Malzahn. Right. And most of the people, uh, Hugh Freeze, most of those people had had been coaching for a while. Trent Dilfer's been two years. Maybe yeah, this three. is actually his fourth. Okay. He started in nineteen. Ten yeah. years. Ten years at ESPN. Fourteen years in the NFL. Elite eleven. Uh, yeah, a couple couple years at the mm-hmm. Elite Eleven yeah. camp, and then it, it, it yeah. feels like a hire made so we can hire a name. That's yeah, what it feels a, like. It's a now, he, now he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. May do really well. What's interesting is that you know, and here's the thing: players aren't always right. 
Um, players aren't always the people you should listen to when hiring a coach. Um, but those UAB players have, have a little bit different perspective. And Bryant Vincent was a guy that came on and took over for, for Bill Clark. They expressed, hey, we, we would like to have him be our guy moving forward. And I've known Brian a long time, and I would have liked to have seen him kind of get a shot there. But I also understand if you're you're looking at the big picture, it's at a place like UAB, it's probably not a bad idea to go, okay, let's see if we can make a move. Let's see if we can have something really take hold with folks in, in that hire. It may change the course of recruiting. If it works, uh, if it, it works, then, it may then change they're the cor- setting a precedent. It may change the course of recruiting um, and, and, and start, especially at the quarterback position, kind of what you do there. Um, so, um, yeah, interesting to see that one kind of happen the way it did. I wanted to ask you, um, uh, since I know you'll be over there and you were talking about some of the matchups, who are some of the players that uh, fans – can uh, you know be on the lookout for that'll be playing over? Yeah, Germany. obviously tonight I mentioned some of those you know some of those names that you know Peter Woods, um, defensive lineman at Thompson, Tony Mitchell, defensive back at Thompson, Stanton Ramel, offensive tackle that's right. committed Michigan State. I think that's a guy that Auburn can still kind of hang around with a little bit. We'll see what happens. Obviously with an O line coach hire, but obviously most folks know Auburn and, and know the guys on this Auburn team. And you know start with Braden Joyner. That's the guy to watch there. But start looking at tomorrow. I'll mention. Yeah, I wrote a story today on St. James. Uh, St. James with with Jimmy Perry coming back to coach mm-hmm. here, former Auburn um, staffer that was on. K.J. Jackson is his quarterback. He's a left-handed. He calls him left-handed Ben Roethlisberger. He's 6'3", 6'4", 215, lefty, can throw. He's got 32 touchdowns. He's just a junior. That's a guy to watch. Jack Hayes on the other side is not a Division One quarterback, but he is Tim high school Tim Tebow. <laughs> you watch him, he may run it 35 times, and he may throw it 30 times. And the ball is not going to leave his hands very often. But he's won three state, two state championships, going for his third. His brother won two or three as quarterback as well. So those are guys to watch, I think, when you start looking at those. Um, when, let's see what else. Uh, 5A Andalusia. We'll see if Jamarian Burnett plays. He is a Derrick Henry yeah. mini version. Uh, but they got some really good players on that team. And so you look at them, Ramsey, Ramsey's linebacker is Quentin Reese, his son, Quentin Reese Jr. Uh, oh, I didn't he, realize he's that. Really, really good linebacker. And then you look moving forward to uh, to the, <clears throat> the Friday games, you look at the 6A game. Mountain Brook is going to be well coached. Not a ton of Division One guys, but you look on the other side, K.J. Lacey, quarterback for Sarah Land. And Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams, his dad, Ryan Williams, mm-hmm. was a DB at Auburn from, from B.C. Rain. He's a 2025. He's already committed to Alabama, and he is a freak. He's a guy that, that people will go, holy cow, that guy's one of the best players in the country. And can Auburn get back in on him now? Um, you know, they had, a, they, had a, they had him on campus and, and um, probably didn't show him as much attention, you know, maybe as he should have when he was here, and he committed to Alabama a couple weeks later. So that's a guy, can you get back in on a guy like that? But you know, you look at, at those games, and um, uh, you know, I mentioned Andalusia earlier. Mentioned KJ. You know, so there's some fun ones. Maybe the one of the more interesting games is going to be a two A 2A game. The two A game between BB Comer and Fife. Uh, I saw BB Comer Friday night. Um, Kamor Harris is a 2024-61-235 running back linebacker. That is the definition of a sleeper right now. He's got one offer, and it's you know from uh, I can't remember. I put it in the other night who it is, but. I think he's a guy that that when people see him in person, they're gonna go, "Holy cow, that guy's different." Fife, hard to beat him. They they just don't lose, and so that that is a smash mouth, old school, 
football game that's going to be a fun to watch. Always, it's it's great when uh, the Super Sevens here in town, and and uh, and and Jason's always got uh, so much information. Jason, really appreciate you spending a little time with us. Uh, let everybody know how they can keep up with everything you're doing. Yeah, appreciate it. You can check us out at Auburn Undercover, AUTigers.com, um, Auburn247. You can also follow me on Twitter at ITATJason. All right, we need to get to our final break of hour number one. We're going to check in with Scott Bagwell, who was uh, uh, just warming up for tonight's action earlier today, calling the, uh, the girls' flag tag state title win. And uh, we'll get to your phone calls and more as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. This is Lee County Revenue Commissioner Olean Price. When we have the opportunity to assist residents of this county, we are pleased to offer options in an effort to make your business with us as convenient as possible. You may visit any of our three offices, one in Auburn, one in Opelika, and in Smith Station. We are open to serve you Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. Central Time and 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Smith Station. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final few minutes of hour number one. We're going to check in with Scott Bagwell from Jordan-Hare Stadium here in just a little while. We'll do that at the start of hour number two. Right now, let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Brett is next. Hey, Brett. Hey, Bill. Um, I was wondering what what all y'all heard um, on Eston Harris and uh, Powell Gordon as far as do y'all think, based on what coaches or whoever uh, said about them, that, that they'll be in the 2D next next year that's a, you know that that's interesting i i was surprised that uh, we didn't get to see powell some at least on special teams this year auburn struggled at times and and uh, i i think he might have been able to help a little this year um ej uh, you know i just wonder exactly where he's going to wind up he was working primarily at uh, uh i believe it was right guard uh this year I, I I think they like you know they like his frame they like his attitude uh, I think he's got a chance at, I I guess that's going to depend on how many experienced guys you can bring in on the offensive line or earlier in the show Brett you know Jason was saying that you know five or more could be the target as far as how many offensive linemen Auburn would like to bring in. I, and I forget if Jason was saying was that was just from the portal or or no overall. he said from the portal yeah five I, from yeah, the portal I, I think he did too yeah where where it was maybe five or more offensive linemen from the portal uh, because of of how much experience Auburn figures to lose among that group going to next year. But don't, don't you think that uh, Keandre Jones and Jeremiah Wright would be your starting guards as of right now? Probably so, and that's where Jason was saying he thought uh, two or three tackles. You're going to have to get two starting tackles and maybe even a third tackle, perhaps one interior guy in a center. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that means maybe not as much of a log jam. Auburn had a bunch of guards this year. And then, I, I mean, I suppose Tate Johnson entered the season as the starting center. 
um, and, right. and has and has eligibility remaining, you know, from from his and, and had his season cut short by injury. That's another player that you would think, you know, I, you imagine Auburn would like ten or twelve players competing to be, yeah, you know, the, usually you'd like fifteen, you'd maybe, like to be maybe three deep, yeah, maybe, the maybe even fifteen, line. and yeah. you know, those are three of I don't know how many guys on the current roster you would look at and say they figure into Jeremiah, Keandre, Tate Johnson. Um, I guess some offensive linemen have a decision to make about if they want to play yeah, another year of college right. football. Uh, but but I would you know you know I, yeah I think fifteen is a pretty good number, and that would suggest Auburn has work to do as far as attracting veterans from the portal. Yeah, last thing, y'all do think that they'll uh, keep Powell Gordon at linebacker? That's a good question. Um, I think you know again depending on who they can get at the edge spot, uh, I think he's a guy that could could move out there. But I do think he's going to get an opportunity to to play wherever he winds up. Appreciate the call, Brett. We need to get to our top of the hour break. Again, we'll check in with Scott Bagwell, get a, uh, a recap of the Auburn girls' state title win in the flag tag game earlier, and then a preview of Auburn Thompson, the 7A state title game, which is going to be coming up airtime 6 o'clock. Over on Wings 94.3. Hour number two coming up. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. ESPN 1067. WGZZ HD3 Waverly and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is Sports Center. I'm Christine Lisi. Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts had surgery on his injured right knee and will miss the rest of this season. Coach Arthur Smith said that Pitts is expected to make a full recovery ahead of next season. Four days to go until quarterback Deshaun Watson makes his Browns in season debut against the Texans on Sunday. Watson back after serving his 11-game suspension for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. And Sunday will mark 700 days since he last played in a regular season game. So Watson will likely have some rust early on as a result, notes our Keyshawn Johnson. He's got to get acclimated to the speed of the game again. He's been away from it for a year and a half or so from live action. So I expect for him to struggle and some balls to come out looking wobbly at times. But in in the end, I think he's going to wind up being Deshaun Watson that we saw a year and a half ago, his last game. That's the guy we're going to see. Key of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Penguins defenseman Chris Letang out indefinitely after suffering a stroke on Monday. He's not experiencing any lasting effects. It's not believed to be career-threatening. This is the second stroke the 35-year-old has suffered in his NHL career. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive offers a great price and round-the-clock protection when bundling home and auto. It's one of those rare times where you can save money and get something great. Bundle today at Progressive.com. The sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome in. Hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Bill, Dan, and Drew, the regular crew, here in hour number two. Oh, my goodness. i got to stop that. Uh, the second hour of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And uh, we will uh, get to your calls in just a little while. But uh, uh, on the Kia of Auburn hotline, and when we do take your calls, those numbers, well, even when we don't take your call, the number is still 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast of the show, which you can get however you listen to your podcasts. And if you, uh, hopefully, you were with us in hour number one. If not, check out the podcast because Jason Caldwell was on for most of hour number one. Information, Jason, in peak form. You know, he he has a, a lot of insight into where this thing may be headed and uh, reasons why uh, he is optimistic about the future of Auburn football under Hugh Freeze. And uh, one of the things we were talking about, obviously, it's it's a big day here for Auburn High School and the voice of the Auburn High School Tigers. And, hey, doing doubleheader duty today, doing double duty, uh, he's getting a break in between the Auburn High girls winning the state title in the flag tag game Earlier today, 26-6 to over Oxford. And then preparing for, in less than an hour, the pregame before Auburn High and Thompson in the 7A football championship game over at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, and that, of course, is Scott Bagwell, voice of the Auburn High School Tigers, joining us on the drive. Scott, are you saving your voice? Yeah, a uh, little bit. Um, you know, it was uh, it we got a little bit lucky there. The last two minutes of the flag game got uh, called off because of a mercy rule, which caught just about everybody in the press box by surprise. Huh, I wondered. I I, I was listening. Uh, I had to do something. Got in the car and I heard music and I went, "Wow, that was quick." <laughs> yeah, so I'm in the middle of a sentence. The uh, the referee makes an announcement, and all I hear is the game is over. So I missed the first couple of parts <laughs> of what he said. But uh, evidently, it's if you're up by uh, 19 or more points with two minutes left to go, I guess, uh, that the game is over. And, and that's what happened. Auburn got a mercy rule victory over Oxford. It was a uh, dominating performance from start to finish uh, for the Lady Tigers as they, uh, they win their first ever flag football state championship in just the second year that uh, that it's been a sport with the AHSAA. Yeah, and congratulations to them. Uh, I, I heard at least one big play. Yeah, uh, Soraya Daniels on the first offensive play of the game goes 70 yards for a touchdown and broke about four tackles on the play. Kind of set the tone because then Oxford knew about her. They had to spend two or three defensive players towards her area, and they just soloed. Her and then they did a lot of other good things uh, on, with the rest of the field. Christiana Ware ends the game with 81 receiving yards, two touchdowns, and also six tackles. All of them for a tackle for a loss and two sacks on the play. I don't see that they had a, an official MVP, but I'll go ahead and name it. Uh, Christiana Ware with uh, six tackles, all for tackle for a loss, two touchdowns. Um, after the, the the big catch and run by Soraya Daniels, she was the difference in the ball game. Yeah, that that is great. And uh, what could be, I mean, uh, just uh, a a spectacular day for Auburn High as now the guys yep. looking looking for the rings. 
Yeah, and this is a senior class. It's the winningest class in uh, Auburn High School football history. 34 wins. They should have one more. Uh, actually, should have probably two more. Um, it, this is a class that came into this year with two heartbreaks that they had to correct. Uh, one of them was Central last year in the Final Four when they felt like the opportunity to win the game was taken out of their hands. Um, and they were able to get that one back la- a couple of weeks ago at Central with a 17-13 win over the Red Devils. And the other one is the big one when a bunch of these seniors were sophomores on this team, whether they were backups or special team players or something like that. They were a part of this team that should have beat Thompson and, and didn't. Um, they 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 had the beast down and bloodied and beaten up, but they did not finish the job, and Thompson came back in that miraculous 19 seconds to pull, to pull off the one-point victory. And, uh, and, and I know these, uh, these seniors are ready for the opportunity, and uh, it should be a heck of a football game, and I think it's going to be a defensive slugfest. I'm, I'm talking first to 14, first to 17 wins. What, what are you expecting from Thompson when they have the ball? They're going to try to run the ball. Uh, obviously, when you have an eighth-grade quarterback, you want to protect him a little bit. He's he's done good things this year. He's completing 69% of his passes, uh, but the long on the year is only 37 yards, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, and, and a, a, about 100 yards per game. They're not asking him to, to stretch the ball down the field. They're asking him to be a game manager. They want to run the football and uh, bleed clock and let this defense win them a defensive field position game. Uh I know Auburn feels like if they're able to force them into third and long third and passing situations, get them into a four-receiver set, that uh, that really plays into the advantage because I know if Auburn gets him in that situation, they are going to bring the house. Yeah, as we were talking with Jason uh, a while ago, uh, <laughs> excuse me, he was saying that uh, he wouldn't be surprised that this is sort of an old-fashioned game. Uh, both teams really, you know, Really like to sort of lean on the other, and uh, and and both really you know have have strong defenses. Yeah, we saw it la- a couple of weeks ago in the Auburn Central game where the defense for Auburn played lights out. Uh, they gave up 13 points. Uh, three of those were on a pick that mm-hmm. Auburn then bows their neck and forces a field goal. Another three on a drive where Auburn had a bunch of penalties and really gave Central that field position. And then a nice drive by Central because it is a good football team to score the seven points in the second half. Um, and then the Auburn offense during that game kind of had to grind it out in the second half to get a win. Thompson's played – this has not been the dominant Thompson team that, that we're used to seeing. Now, with that said, there's a reason they're playing for their fifth or their fourth straight state championship and in their fifth straight state title game. They're very, very good. But you start looking at the, the scores – and, you know, when they played uh, Clay Chalkville, that's a 17-14 game. Hewitt Trussville, 14-12. Hoover lost 9 to nothing. Vestavia in the playoffs, a 21-12 game. And even in the Hoover game, when they won 40-10, to they forced six turnovers and had a safety. Right. Like, the defense set up a lot of those points. This is a defensive heavy team in Thompson. And, uh, you know, it, they – they kind of were figured out who they were in the middle part of the year, and they have led on that defense that is loaded with all kind of uh, high high star caliber prospects, and um, and and there's a reason that they are just fine running the ball and trying to shorten the game and relying on this defense. Oh yeah, when you when you've got one of the top senior um, linemen and defensive backs in the country, and a couple of other guys that are uh, four or five stars, yes, uh, that you, you you better be relying on those guys. Well, the other thing is, is their corner, who's a sophomore, is the number one play, one of the top players in the country, has nine picks and ten pass deflections on the year. 
and Fagans. And uh, then you talk about Tony Mitchell in the back. You have Peter Woods. You got so much talent on, de- on this defensive side of the ball that, um, that, yeah, there's a reason you can look at the eighth-grade quarterback and just say, hey, run the ball, throw, throw safe passes, and uh, – you know, don't don't um just just don't put our defense in bad spots against Hewitt Trustville in the fourteen to twelve game. That defense gets a pick six to help win the game. Without that, they lose that game. So, um, the other thing is, is if you're going to get Thompson, this is the year because they yeah they lose some box players on defense, but they return so much at every other spot. What are you? Uh, what what has to go right for the for the Auburn team to uh, to capture tonight's state championship? I don't see Auburn finding a path to victory if they give Thompson a short field. I think Auburn's got to be very very good on offense, and by that I mean that they can't turn the ball over and they got to find a way to sustain some drives. I think special teams is going to be kind of a wash. Both teams had good kickers who are going to put it in the end zone. Uh, both defenses are going to get after you and they're going to play well. What offense messes up and gives the other offense a short field or even worse, what offense gives up a non-offensive touchdown? That's one thing that Auburn has done this year at times. It's been weird. They've given up non-offensive touchdowns, whether it be a kick return or pick six or something like that. Auburn cannot have that tonight. Well, um, you know, hopefully everybody bundles up, heads over, takes the – uh, you know, t- takes the, uh, the 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 headphones so they can uh, listen. It might not be bad to take the over the ear ones yeah. uh, tonight because it, it's going to be pretty chilly. I, I don't imagine that's uh, anything that's going to affect either team. How was the field? How did it look after all the rain we had last night? Well, it's uh, anybody that's familiar with Jordan Hare Stadium and the work this ground crew mm-hmm. does, it looks fine. You know, I'm looking at it right now. Cannot tell that there was a flag football game played on it. You know, you can't tell that it's been two weeks since a game. The only there's there are some spots where you, where Auburn comes out of the tunnel where there's some you know some standing room areas that are kind of beat up. But as far as in between the lines, it looks fantastic. Um, and uh, you know, it's it, it it's perfect. And, and the other thing with 7A is you get to be on it first as opposed to 6A right. where you're on it last after um, after a flag football game and seven games go on it where, where you're going to see a little bit more wear and tear. Wings 94.3 is, is how you can hear it here in the local area, wingsfm.com. Yep, about can, 45 minutes. You can listen yep. live from anywhere yep. with an Internet connection. Scott, shout out the rest of the broadcast team for us. Yeah, at 6 o'clock we have an hour pregame um, here tonight, and it'll be Rob Pate, Jack Hudden uh, joining us as uh, they all try to carry me to a good broadcast. Jacob Goins is here as well to make sure nothing goes bad. Yeah. And if it Scott, does, we'll Scott just, be in we'll the back gardening. You know. No, I know it. I know what that's like. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, we'll we'll have everything about this game covered uh, leading up to it. We got an hour to break everything down, and then we'll be ready to go. Um, it's it should be a should be a a, a um, it should be a great day and. and um, if Auburn can play clean, I like Auburn's chances. Bill, you were there in 2013 when Auburn played for it for the first yep. time. Two times that Auburn High has played for it, it's been at Tuscaloosa. Yep. Finally, Auburn gets to do it. What at kind of crowd yeah, are you guys right. expecting for a you know for a game like? I mean, I'm just wondering. Like, I, what, I, I what, think it's going to be you know 25 to 30 thousand. Um, probably you're, it's going to be very similar to what we saw when Opelika played there two times mm-hmm. for a state championship. I I'm expecting the Auburn crowd to show out and uh and and fill up the place but again, you know, people say, well, it's an 86,000 seat or a uh, venue. So, you know, it's there will be people here, but you might look at it on TV and go, "Well, it's not that full." But for a high school game, I expect a whole lot of people here. Nah, it should be it should be a great crowd, and it's going to be cold, but it's say it's it's football worth it. Where it's the last day of November, 
It's the way yeah. it's supposed to be. That's great. Scott, uh, appreciate you joining us. Um, uh, best of luck to the Tigers to have a great broadcast this evening. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right, Scott Bagwell again. Yes, uh, 45 minutes from now, uh, right when the show, you know, the show ends, we got it, we timed it all just, just right. So you can, you know, as soon as, as soon as the drive ends, you can flip it over to Wings and, uh, catch the, uh, pregame kickoff seven o'clock tonight for Auburn and Thompson. We need to get to our first break of hour number two. Come on in and join us on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390 here on the Wednesday drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. 18 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, our, our thanks to uh, Scott Bagwell joining us, getting ready for Auburn and Thompson in 7A state title action coming up uh, tonight over on Wings 94.3. Of course, Jason Caldwell with us in, in hour number one. He's heading over there to Jordan-Hare Stadium. You can head over, too, I would say, uh, as Jason as Jason was preparing, layers for tonight. It's going to be – it's going to be – not not the temperature so much as the wind that we have while the temperature continues to drop. Does so. a, a low low percentage of rain though, right? We're not. We're yeah, I think the night. rain's gone. Yeah, the cl- clear it's supposed night. Supposed to be clear. Night. That's yeah. what. That's what the temperature's going to plummet, and the uh, the the you know hopefully the wind dies down. But should be uh, great football weather over at Jordan Hare this evening. Um, in case you're just joining us, a word coming out today that all but three of the assistant coaches. From the uh, from from the Auburn staff, which ended the season this past Saturday, have been let go. The uh, you know we know that Cadillac Williams is now the associate head coach and running backs coach. The other coaches who have not been let go are Zach Etheridge, uh, defensive backs coach Zach Etheridge, and linebackers coach Christian Robinson. And those coaches, you know, are we're, we're not exactly sure what their positions or duties would be if they're retained they just uh they're the only coaches that have not been um let go from the staff right and so that would leave uh so jeff schmetting defensive coordinator right uh, looks to be out rock uh, bellantoni rock bellantoni your, your edge coach jimmy brumbaugh defensive, defensive line coach, line coach. Th- those are your three defensive coaches and on the offensive side will friend Offensive line coach and offensive Ike coordinator, Hilliard. Ike Hilliard, wide receivers coach, and uh, you had uh, Kendall Simmons. And right, remember Kendall, you, you had a couple of guys that were moved up from analysts to uh, to, to take over uh, to help out. So I don't know that I would think they would, for the time being at least, go back into the roles that they held before. Was Hartline the other one that was moved up into the analyst position? Or, or no, who was the... Uh, oh, it was a minority, wasn't it? Uh it, it was who? Oh no, the, the guy, the quarterbacks coach position. There was there was another analyst who moved up with Kendall Simmons to, uh, and, and I'm blanking on his name. I, I, I don't have it in front of me. But, I thought Joe but Bernardi it, was was uh, was was elevated. I thought Joe Bernardi was made the tight ends coach, right? He was and then Kendall I'm Simmons made the O line coach. Yeah, I didn't think there was a uh, someone replaced Keysaw as the as the quarterbacks coach. I could have sworn there was and and uh, it's well, maybe, uh, maybe maybe it was maybe it was was it Mike Hartline? Mike Hartline. I, for uh, some reason, I thought it was Mike Hartline, but. Well, I mean, he would he would be the the 
the one you would assume if there was. I didn't recall that. I, I just knew that uh, Joe Bernardi and, and Kendall Simmons Heart, had. Hartline was elevated to quarterback's coach okay. when, when Eric Keesaw was let go. So those guys, I, w- I would say, have not necessarily been let go, They've but they're resuming, for the time being, their former roles as analysts. It would seem like there, there is a path for the analysts that were elevated to position coaches this season to maybe be retained at Auburn University, yes. even if they're not going to stay as on-field position coaches. Right. That would be Kendall Simmons, Joe Bernardi, and Mike Hartline would all, I think, fit that description. And uh, and yeah, but but it does seem like Auburn has, what, seven seven positions for Hugh Freeze to fill? If... If, if if both uh, Zach Etheridge and Christian Robinson are indeed part of the staff. And Cadillac Williams, we know, yes. has been retained as... And Cadillac got a title change, too, right? Is it, we think, He's associate head coach. Associate head coach and running he will, coach. Yes, yeah. I was asked this morning. It's like I believe he was making in the $300,000 range. He's probably looking at uh, tripling his salary. Right, and we were discussing in the first hour, I don't know if the situation's going to be cut and dry with knowing exactly who calls the plays going into the season or if it could be a committee. Of... Well, I don't think it'll be a committee. I think it'll be at the most two. Uh, but I, I think it's. I think the way Hugh Freeze has been is at, at the most two. I don't think it's going to be. I think you could have co-coordinators. That's what we were discussing right. is the notion of, or, or at least seeming like a. you could have a passing game coordinator and a run game coordinator. Right. How much of that would be for titles if you're trying to lure well, a lot of it is when you're, line when, coach away yeah, or something like that? You know. Uh, setting up the, you know, planning on the running plays that you're working on against certain teams, things like that. Have there have there been rumors about Matt Luke? Uh, I, I there know had that... been, but there has. Uh, I, I, I've read over the last couple of days that uh, that that he is he's he's comfortable with his family. Right. That that was one of the first names that had been mentioned as a possibility. Yeah, I mean that that's one of the. I feel Remember, like... he stepped down. Uh, from from Georgia to spend time with his family and just uh, you know maybe just take a break. Luke from football. Luke was uh, Freeze's offensive line coach oh, yes. at Ole Miss and took over as head coach when Hugh Freeze resigned in 2017. I think people thought there could be a reunion there, uh, but but if it's not Matt Luke, we'll see what direction uh, we'll see what direction Hugh Freeze goes in as he fills out a staff that had, could have a couple of holdovers. Cadillac Williams, we know, is back, and like we were saying, uh, Christian Robinson and Zach Etheridge still waiting to hear about their status. Everyone else from the staff uh, let go, according to reports from the on-field staff. From the yes. on-field staff, let let go uh, in, in the last uh, few hours. Yeah, and uh, as we were talking, as we were talking with Jason, I would. I would not be surprised if there is an addition to the on-field staff or two or more here in the next 24 to 36 hours because on Friday, coaches can start going out. It's a dead period where coaches can contact players. They can call. They can uh, text. They can, um, you know, they can, they can contact just not in person. Uh, players can't come onto campus and visit now. One thing that I did hear, and I wonder if the uh, um, schools took advantage, I did hear that Coach Freeze had invited both teams playing here in the 7A state title game to come take a tour of the football-only facility, the brand-new football-only facility. That is perfectly fine. Oh, if I'm, uh, I'm not just stopping at the two. 
Well, I'm saying they're the two that are playing today. You do that, and then you know you you, you have invitations for all the all the teams to come tour the facility. Yeah, I, I think that's and that's a that's a a mutually beneficial situation where not only does it add to the specialness of getting to play sure. at Jordan Hare Stadium to get a tour. It from introduces Hugh Freeze yep. to to all the coaches and players of the teams that are participating in the. Uh, Super Seven. It's a, it's a side benefit of opening up your stadium to the state championship right. games, and and uh, because one thing you can't do, you can't now you can't go over and be there at the games. You can't he can't go over and be on the sideline or have any contact with with the uh, coaches and players while the games are going on. In the press conference yesterday, he mentioned. Uh, that he's he's trying to get on the road as early as he legally can, right? Friday to start, and it's, it's yeah, Fridays when he can mm-hmm. start uh, meeting folks. But uh, before Friday, uh, he has the opportunity because some people are on campus for the uh, for the for the state championship game. That's right? Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be a uh, wouldn't be surprised. I, now, now, what are, what are the rules about? Can he can he observe tonight's game from? Somewhere in Jordan Hare Stadium. I don't believe he's supposed it? to be in the stadium. Okay, interesting. So there's uh, it's it's a uh, and and that does that go for all Alabama high school football coaches? Like no one's supposed to go tonight, or is it a unique all university coaches? Oh yeah, yeah, coaches. yeah, yeah. Yes. Everyone, any, yes. anyone out? Yeah, oh, yes. anyone in high school and or not, yeah, because they don't want an unfair they don't want an unfair advantage for the school that's yes. hosting any any current college football coach. I guess right. is how I would ask that. Yes, yeah, so so none of them can. But but that's uh, uh yeah, that, that's not that's just that just goes for during the game. As as you pointed out there, that's uh that's not for before or after or anything like well, that. Well, they they can't go visit the team where they're staying or anything like that. And the team, the players can't like come um, on unofficial visits, but the team could come take a tour. Can come take a tour. Yeah, San- sanctioned yes. activity like that. Sure. Yeah. So uh, so we we we'll see if anything comes of this. I uh, I don't doubt that that Hugh Freeze. Is going to be much more visible in uh, uh, as as recruiting starts to unfold than we've seen in Auburn coaching quite a while. And Jason Caldwell said he he would expect Hugh Freeze. I mean, we mentioned Friday as the first day he can get out there. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Hugh Freeze wants to have assistants that can go out there on Friday because they're they're right. employed at Auburn. So well, so, so maybe in the next couple of days expect. Quite a few, uh, you know, quite a quite a few pieces of news regarding Auburn's uh, in, incoming coaches. And even even if you don't have the full staff, that's where you can employ some of the the analysts. Um, because if you have if you have open positions, remember when Auburn had an open position before Trevon Reed was able to go on the road and recruit. And uh, you know, we mentioned Kendall Simmons, and you know, some of those guys could be able to do that until those positions are filled. So you definitely want to have as many coaches on the road as everybody else does. So if you don't have a full staff, you've got some of your analysts um, that that are getting prepared to be able to hit the road recruiting so that uh, you're right there with everybody else. 334-321-1390, that is the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'd love to hear from you. Anything on your mind, sports-wise? Sounds like folks are, are waiting to see, not just, you know, our callers to the show, but but in general, you know, in my, in my I'm trying, to, trying to gauge the Auburn fans here, seems like folks are waiting to see not just who, who Auburn hires as Hugh Freeze's assistants, but which players decide to stick around. If anyone, you know, are there going to be defections, among players with eligibility remaining or anything like that. I mean, the portal. What is it? It's uh, it's it's Monday, 
Right? Yes. The, port- the Mon- portal Monday opens up. And the that portal is, opens. I mean, that is a huge... <clears throat> I mean, the weekend we've got ahead in college football with the Saturday games, the Sunday reveal of the of, of the college football uh, playoff field, and then Monday the transfer portal opening up. I mean, there, there could be some big headlines, especially uh, if we get an upset or two on Saturday. Right, Bill? Because you know, TCU and USC lose, and suddenly the door is open for... Yeah, <clears throat> now... We'll talk about that when we come back because there are a lot of people that feel like TCU's earned the right to lose and still stay in. Yeah, just you know, I, I wonder if they have enough needle-moving wins, right? When you look at that, conference. they have the they supposedly have the highest yeah. strength of schedule of any of the schools that are in the top six. Which, which is odd because the Big Twelve isn't represented, you know, th- throughout that right th- throughout that college football playoff ranking, but. They, they use they use other factors. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in as we head into the final half hour here on the Wednesday Drive. Now more of the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final 25 minutes or so here on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, and let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Rain Man's up next. Hey, Rain Man. Good evening. Hey, how are you doing? I, I'm doing well. You guys hear me okay? We yeah, hear, we got we, you fine. Good to hear from you, right. Rain Man. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to start my, uh, it's good to talk to you guys. I'm going to start my uh, little spiel out today with uh, a lot of the complaining about the lack of uh, talent on our team, something I had pointed out at the start of the season. Uh, even in some key places we thought we were strong. But uh, I'd like to take an honest look at it and point out that our entire offensive line was comprised of, I'm going to say, sixth and seventh year seniors. I'm, I'm not even sure at the start of this year how many of them came back from last year. Uh, at least four of them that were in their fifth or sixth year with the COVID year and all. Right. Uh, so those guys weren't recruited by the last coaching staff. It was the one before. Uh, number 18 that plays cornerback or safety force that doesn't like to hit, doesn't like to make tackles. He's a senior. He, he wasn't recruited by the last coaching staff. He was the one before. Mm-hmm. The last one came here and inherited no talent, and they made it worse. No, you're right. You're right. They did yeah, not, did not exactly add talent talent to talent. No talent. I was going to no. say, other than, other than Ashford, you didn't see a lot of guys on the field this past Saturday. And you know, he was like an afterthought. It really but, seemed but like for, other, uh, other than Robbie Ashford, for, for it's Brian tough Larson. to think of guys that were recruited by this, this, this most previous coaching staff that were on the field in the Iron Bowl. DJ James? Jarquez. Yeah, no. Well, we've had a lot of years of highly rated recruiting classes that haven't turned out to be very good for a great many years now, more than two. Well, when they're Five, six, six, seven. If, a, if you sign a highly regarded player and he's not on the team anymore his junior year, you know, at, at what good was the what good was the ranking in the recruiting class? The attrition rate, you know, is and and maybe it's I know this is the way college football is headed everywhere, but you, you look at, you know, pull up a random year, 2018, 2019, 2020, go down the list and see how many of those players, you know, decided to decided to go somewhere else before before three <laughs> yeah. years at Auburn. 
Yeah, at some point you got to quit looking at what well, we were ranked ninth in recruiting or whatever some year. Who's still here? Who developed? Who turned out good? Uh, yeah, look at the had, starting look at the starting lineup and tell me what they were as as recruits. Yeah. If you want to evaluate recruiting, like, exactly. That, that's, so, that's what uh, I would say. And the other thing that I want to hit on here just a little bit, and if somebody threw Gus mouth on at me, you know, he's nine and three. Yeah, he's nine and three at Central Florida. You know what else he is? He's zero and two in back to back years as a two touchdown plus favorite against Navy. Navy. I love the Navy and the Army and Air Force, but they don't recruit. They take kids that want to go into the military and can meet military height and weight restrictions, which is easy to do. And, and, and that, that coach over there can beat him twice in a row. So please. Please, people, stop throwing Gus Mouth on at me. We should have kept him, whatever. Well, well, and it's also, it's also a very different situation. And, and I, you know, I, I wish Gus the best moving forward. Oh, I do too. It's right, not but, about that. I'm just, but, but I know, but no, but what I, what I would point out too is that taking over for a UCF program that was frequently losing coaches to the Power Five, inheriting something like that and maintaining it doesn't necessarily prove anyone wrong at Auburn. Right, I mean, well, I mean uh, uh, Josh Heupel and Scott Frost won a lot of games at UCF and, and, and before. And somebody before came knocking on their door. What, what, why didn't Arkansas or Arizona, or Arizona State, or Colorado, or any of the other big Power Five jobs that have been open of late the last two years come knocking? It didn't. Anyway, uh, the other thing I want to hit on is at one point a few years back, we had a six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound quarterback who liked to stand in the pocket and not run. And then we had a 5'11", 185-pound spaghetti on quarterback who didn't mind running. How did those two quarterbacks fit the same offense? Oh, they did. They didn't. I want a coach who says, this is my philosophy, and these are the players at quarterback, receiver, running back, offensive line that fit it, and I'm going to go find a bunch of them, and I'm going to find the best of them. I'm not just going to take random people on polar opposite spectrums of the skill set and height and weight categories that do completely different things and think I can make something of it. How, how about Recruit what you want for your offense and use it. That, that's true. With Malik Willis. Well, I was going to say, but that's not really the kind of quarterback that he'd had before. I, I sort of prefer a guy that what he has, you mold your offense to fit what you have, and then yes, you want to recruit to what you would you would love to have. But he'd never had a quarterback quite like Malik Willis until he got Malik. No, and I would say in the case of uh, you know, it, there are two schools of thought on that, right? Because some some coaches have a very specific idea of what right. kind of quarterback their offense requires. Other coaches will say, "Well, this is the best quarterback I can have." I need to tailor the offense to fit the talent mm-hmm. of this quarterback, and and we've seen. I, th- I think Hugh Freeze is more that. Yeah, I mean, so so I, I think there's now and, and, and there you've and there are coaches who have been extremely successful both ways with that, right? You think about you know Rich Rodriguez would run off good quarterbacks because they weren't his kind of quarterback, and then he'd win with his kind of quarterback. And there are other coaches that you know have a little bit more, you know, they're they're more open to well, let's tailor the offense to fit what the quarterback does well. And and, and I imagine Hugh Freeze. You know what? It's you know he's he's gonna he's gonna figure out who his best quarterback is, and he's gonna run an offense that that suits that that quarterback's talents based on his experience with different kinds of quarterbacks in his career. Appreciate the phone call, Rain Man. Good stuff. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And Anthony is next. Hey, Anthony. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Doing pretty well. Good to hear from you. Hey, you know uh, now I see uh, as far as t- uh, Cadillac being retained. What other uh, coaches uh, on the staff? Uh, 
that are expected to be retained or have been retained uh, since Freeze has come in. All right. The, the, there are sort of two different ways to look at this. Um, all the coaches, the all the other assistant coaches other than Cadillac, Zach Etheridge, and Christian Robinson, the linebackers coach, have been told they need to look for they need to look for jobs elsewhere. Now, as 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 we understand it, Zach and Christian Robinson have not officially been added to this staff, but they have they have not uh, they they've been told that there is interest in them being on the staff. So they're not they're not officially on Hugh Freeze's staff, but you'd figure they've got a real good shot. But the other coaches have been let go. Sounds like if, if those three are retained, Hugh Freeze will need to hire seven position coaches for offense yeah. and defense to, to make his, his 10-man uh, staff. I see. You know, speaking of Hugh Freeze, I mean, this is a big gamble. I mean, you think about it, uh, having to forfeit 25 wins uh, at Ole Miss and probation and, and that phone uh, scandal, because we talked about this uh, back at that time when that happened, because I called you guys. I think Coach Furlow was on then at that time with y'all, mm-hmm. and we talked about it. I find it hard to believe that Auburn would go this route in this day and time. I mean, you know, when you look at all the that Meredith Jenkins thing that went down with that softball team and, and, and left turn it took and and to come back and, and hire this guy, I, I tell you, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would have done that or not. I don't, is it really worth winning uh, that bad to go that route with a Hugh Freeze? Well, I mean, when if, if you're John Cohen, especially John Cohen, and, uh, and even Dr. Chris Roberts um, – you're you're putting yourself on the line quite a bit too. So I mean, uh, it, it's I I cannot imagine that they didn't investigate and vet and vet and check and recheck everything because they know it's on them if something goes wrong. I think it's a good question to ask. You know, is the risk worth the reward or the potential reward with with Hugh Freeze for for the folks who have the most skin in the game at Auburn? You know, they, they believe it is. They believe that, that the risk of whether it's personal scandal or Hugh Freeze, uh, you know, n- not being able to stay out of NCAA trouble or not being able to recruit effectively or, or having, you know, on, on field game day, it, you know, whatever it is, whatever risks you associate with this, the, the folks who are making the decision think it's worth it to potentially have a winning football program at Auburn, and, and they think Hugh Freeze can be the guy uh, who, who can turn it into a consistent winner. You know, uh, when you look at the uh, top five or top six teams in the country or, wh- or whatnot, a top eight as far as that goes, when you think that uh, perhaps one of the offensive coordinators from that one of those teams or a defensive coordinator from one of those teams uh, could be should have been considered for an interview, uh, bring in, or uh, either go all out and poach one of the coaches. Uh, look at Tennessee. I mean, that head coach, uh, uh, Josh Heifel, uh, uh, why not uh, see if his agent, call his agent up and see if he might be interested or, or somebody, or at least one of the uh, top coordinators from one of those teams. Uh, what, what are you guys thinking? And, but, you know, it's a done deal now. But well, I, I, think they, I think they really wanted somebody who had been a head coach in the Southeastern Conference, had recruited in the Southeastern Conference, and had uh, sent players to the NFL. And they're just, uh, who, who is there? You know, well, one of those they they were definitely interested in Lane Kiffin. You know that. Yeah. Well, we all know that, but that didn't quite pan out. One other thing I would like to mention: when you look at the, uh, I saw on social media somewhere some of the uh, female fans were really turned off and rubbed the wrong way by that. 
how you think that might affect ticket sales and merchandise and that sort of stuff in the, uh, coming up fall next year? Uh, not as much as wins and losses yeah. will eventually. I mean, I, I think there could be fans who, who decide they're not going to support a Hugh Freeze coach team, and, and I think that's you know that's part of the that's risk. Their, that's their yeah. right. That's, that's part Absolutely. of the risk you take. You know, I, I guess we we were talking about this off the air, Anthony, and and I'm you know everyone's entitled to their opinion about him, and if right. if you think that he's disqualified himself or or his actions should have been disqualifying, that's fine. It it does seem like if you think if you think he should be out forever. Like he he's being held to a different standard than a lot of other coaches in football and men's basketball who were given second or third opportunities at major programs after uh, you know some, something embarrassing or or something scandalous occurred in their careers. I don't want to go into the list, but Bobby Petrino got to coach Louisville again after the Arkansas stuff. Yeah, speaking of Louisville, yeah. I mean, uh, Rick, Rick Rick Petino. Rick Petino oh was goodness. there at Louisville at the same time. I mean. I, I don't know. It just it does seem like I'm not. I, I mean, again, not to not to try to whitewash anything that happened in Hugh Freeze's past, but uh, you know, it, it's an industry where the, there are a lot of people getting second or third chances. Well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with getting a second chance, but you know, and he got that second chance at Liberty, but I wouldn't think Auburn would give him a third chance uh, in the Southeastern Conference. Perhaps uh, uh, Mississippi State might would have get, uh, gave him a chance, or something like a Vanderbilt or somebody. But you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, when you talk about Auburn and all the history and tradition and all that good stuff that go along with it, I just didn't think they would go in that route that could have went another avenue and and brought somebody in that could have got the job done and done quite well. But we'll no, you're, you're not alone. And if you yeah. freeze, if if you freeze, you know, if, if the if the tenure ends in scandal, it will be all the more embarrassing for Auburn be, because of of what's known about him publicly going into. This situation, but I think that's something else Auburn is banking on is that is that this era will not end in scandal for Hugh Freeze, and they'll they'll probably be taking. I mean, this is this is where Rich McGlynn's contract becomes important, right? Because there, you know, there there are some folks at sure. Auburn who are taking you know taking every precaution on top of holding Hugh Freeze accountable himself as as an adult and as the head coach. But but there are other people at Auburn whose job it is to make sure that that this thing is being run by the book and scandal uh, d- doesn't come knocking at the door. Appreciate the call, Anthony. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Bill, hold on. You'll be up when we come back here on the Wednesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment here on this Wednesday afternoon with Bill and Dan. Drew at the controls. We lost Bill. Bill, if you get a chance, give us a call back. We'll move on. And Sherry is up next. Hey, Sherry. Hey, guys. I was just going to say, as a as a female and huge Auburn fan, couldn't be happier with the Hugh Freeze hug. And I think Anthony doesn't want Auburn to have you freeze or so it sounds with everything he's saying well anthony if i'm not mistaken is <laughs> an alabama fan so oh oh, oh that was very obvious <laughs> we are excited and can't wait for a bright future with him and i think a lot of people that originally were very upset have and completely done a 360 and changed their tune and are extremely happy to give him a chance 
And I, you know what? And I would I would encourage people to check out the press conference from yesterday if you if you get the chance. Try, you, try to at least keep an open mind yeah. and, and see see how things go. Yeah, and and I don't you know I'm not I'm not here to change your mind if if you've mm. got misgivings about one thing no. or another that happened in Hugh Freeze's past. Uh, but but at the same time, like yeah, I think that there are. There, there are reasons to believe that. Well, Anthony definitely needs to try to make it a little less obvious next time. And, um, yeah, he, he definitely needs to go back and, and, and listen to the press conference if he hasn't. Sure, yeah, and I don't know if yeah, we're changing. I don't know he if we're probably missed a few of the words. We're not changing Anthony's mind. But some other, uh, no, other folks who maybe have misgivings, like I, I would say maybe, maybe check out the press conference and, and, and keep in mind like this, I don't know, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm telling myself this is an industry full of people getting second chances who who, who had embarrassing moments in their well, past. Hopefully, life is full yeah, exactly. of, of people but, getting but, second but chances. But even if you want to hold your college football mama. coach to a different standard than than other people because of the fame and the celebrity and all that stuff and and, and the money and, and and reasons like that, that's fine. Keep in mind, this isn't a unique like. Oh, this isn't an industry full of people that are without any whiff of scandal whatsoever, and Auburn is going out and getting Hugh Freeze, who's, who's Auburn's just looking for those. Folks. Yeah, who's, who's some yeah. kind well, of disgrace. You know, I, I don't, I don't view it that way necessarily. Also, uh, I mean, I've had personal friends that were just going nuts on Monday or whatever day it was, and now have called me, just completely changed their mind, apologetic, sad that they were so mean and hateful that they weren't willing to have forgiveness or give them a chance so honestly it's been a beautiful thing and you know welcome to the auburn family it's exciting appreciate the call sherry we have uh, calls holding bill i believe is back with us hey bill hey guys uh yeah i was gonna make it real quick because i know you got you're about to sign off but you know i like to hire um everybody's uh, or a lot of people have things in their, in their past they <clears throat> regret uh most in my career, most people I know have gotten second chance have done fairly well and take most made the most of it. As far I'm glad the AD didn't let the uh, social media or disqualify the coach. Uh, and last, you know, if people don't want to go to the game or support the team, or don't want to buy merchandise, then don't buy it and don't go. Right. Auburn, Auburn was here before anybody got here, and it'll be here after they're gone. And like you said, Bill. And Dan, uh, I don't expect him to win ten games. He's got a lot of what roster rebuilding to do, but I think I think we're headed in the right direction. And I wish him well. I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the call, Bill. Dan, uh, Dan, you want to update on a little note that we saw on one of the guys yeah. we were just talking about a little while ago? Earlier in the show, we were talking about Auburn's uh, quarterback's coach to end the season, Mike Hartline. He replaced uh, Eric Keesaw, uh when when Harson and Keesaw were, were let go. Definitely an up-and-coming guy. 34-year-old former Kentucky quarterback. Right. I remember uh, him there. Played uh, played in the NFL as a uh, as, as a backup uh, in, in New England. Uh, and he is going to Charlotte, where he will take over as passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach. Uh, so he will uh, he will not uh, stick around at Auburn. Uh, but great opportunity a, yeah. for him though to move up to be an on field quarterback coach and uh, uh, play caller. I mean that that's great. He's he's definitely uh, moving up quickly. Of course, he's a younger brother of Brian Hartline. Ohio State's quarterbacks coach. That's right. And if you uh, if you want to catch or do you want to get you want to get do we have time for one more? Yeah. All right. Let's get to James. Hey, James. Hey guys, um, I, I had something I was going to tell you, but I or ask you about. I can't remember what it was, but I'll just tell you something I saw on the message boards the other uh, actually today, and Uh-oh. I thought it was pretty funny. So, um, well, this one guy said, "Since we have Coach Freeze, 
we can hire Scott Frost as offensive coordinator and uh, I think it was Phil Snow as defensive coordinator, and that would be the quite the chilling combination. You know, I, I wonder, I like, I've always liked Scott Frost, but I do have to explain much of the Nebraska offense if you're advocating for Scott yeah. Frost moving forward because it was routinely underachieving, lackluster. Yeah, it was often. bad. Uh, but, but I do think Scott Frost could be, you know, he could be a candidate for a reclamation somewhere. He's been rumored maybe at Oregon. I know Oregon's got a, an offensive coordinator uh, opening with Kenny Dillingham going to Arizona State, uh, and uh, and there could be, um, you know, m- maybe some other Power 5 schools looking for offensive coordinators that kick the tires on Scott Frost. And, yeah, how fun would that be, right? you got Hugh Freeze and Scott Frost potentially mm-hmm. on, the, uh, on, the, on the same staff, keeping it, a very, uh, keeping it icy uh, for, the, uh, for, for the Auburn. Uh, keeping it cool, man. That's keeping right, it cool. keeping things very cool for the, uh, for, for the Auburn offense. I thought it was funny when the guy said, reposted and he said, yeah, we can just paint the uh, field ice blue or frosty blue. And God, no, I don't want any memories of, of, of points. No. So. <laughs> you know, J- Justin Ferguson, who's going to talk to us tomorrow, he's a firm believer that every every uh, uh, professional and college team should have a baby blue alternate uniform. And and so the uh, the Auburn one now, now with with Hugh Freeze and the uh, and, and the and the ice theme you can you can maybe make a stronger case for a <laughs> Bill doesn't like this idea I'm at all. Not crazy about that. <laughs> now, but, but, I didn't either, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys. Appreciate it, James. Appreciate it, James. Just about out of time here. Uh, Don't forget, coming up in just a few minutes, over on Wings 94.3, it's the 7A state title game, Auburn High. And, Thompson, it's a rematch.